You're listening to the Selling Energy Podcast, turbocharging the success of sales professionals around the world. Here's your host, Wall Street Journal bestselling author and award-winning sales trainer, Mark Jewell. What are you waiting for? Technology is constantly improving, and when you're trying to sell efficiency, you'll inevitably encounter prospects who want to wait for the next big thing or for production costs to decrease before they're willing to buy. So how do you overcome this objection? You show your prospect the cost of delay. In many cases, you can pay for the current generation of technology through savings long before the new one becomes available. A few years, I met a utility-scale solar installation developer who we'll call Tom. He told me that he was tired of hearing his prospects say, I'm going to wait on this project because the cost of silicon is going down and these panels might very well be 50% cheaper in five years or less. What did he do about the situation? He said, I finally decided to put an Excel spreadsheet together to prove that the cost of the panels is only 20% of the job. Copper, framework, labor, all that other stuff is the other 80%. And all those things are going up in price rather than down. So even if the protesting prospect turned out to be right, and the cost of the panels dropped by 50% in five years, the price of 80% of the job was going up by 3% a year, compounded annually. And on top of that, if the prospect decided to wait five years, he would lose five years' worth of potential solar energy production. Tom said that as soon as he started showing off that spreadsheet, his prospects had little difficulty understanding that waiting for the price of silicon to go down was foolhardy. Don't let prospects wait to buy. Make the effort to quantify the cost of delay and share it with them. Let the figures do the selling for you. Why the free audit doesn't work. Many efficiency businesses offer free audits as a thin edge of the wedge to open conversations with new prospects. Free audits seem great in theory, but in practice they don't work for at least a couple reasons. Number one, if the customer doesn't have enough money to pay for an audit, he or she is not likely to have enough money to pay for your other services. And number two, free audits are really easy to approve. Who would say no to that? The problem is that in many cases, the person approving the audit doesn't talk to the real decision makers before accepting the free audit because there's no money involved in the transaction. If the prospect doesn't have to ask for even $500 to pay for the audit, it means you've never gotten his or her manager's approval to do the audit which means that you don't necessarily have that manager's approval to do any improvements that come out of the audit. Are you really going to dedicate all this time and money to an audit and not even have the buy-in of your prospect's boss? On a related note, there's an added benefit in getting yourself into the payable system of the organization from the very start. This makes your prospect less inclined to take your audit and then hire someone else to do the job because they already went through the effort of adding you to the system. Now, assuming that you agree that the free audit is fraught with peril, What might you offer a prospect instead to open the door? I recommend you seriously consider offering free Energy Star benchmarking exercises. There are several benefits to using this approach to get your foot in the door. For one thing, it takes a lot less time to benchmark a building using EPA's Energy Star Portfolio Manager software than to audit it. For another thing, the report is automatically produced by the benchmarking tool, saving you countless hours preparing your audit report. Moreover, your prospect can't shop your benchmarking report. A common problem you run into is unscrupulous prospects merely hand your document to their incumbent contractor, relative, or even friend to see how inexpensively they could do the work without your involvement. The portfolio manager offers a 1 to 100 rating on nearly two dozen space types, and buildings that receive a rating of 75 or higher can qualify for the prestigious Energy Star label. Now, if your benchmarking report winds up finding the building to be Energy Star label-worthy, you've created an award that the building owner didn't even know about until you arrived on the scene. That generates psychic debt in your favor. 
if the score proves that the building owner is overly sanguine about his building's present level of efficiency, then you could dispel the complacency using an authoritative, unbiased government source to break the news to the prospect that the building needs your help. Now, assuming you secure some retrofit work in the wake of doing the initial benchmarking exercise, you can continue to use Portfolio Manager to track the building's efficiency gains on a normalized basis. That means that even if the utility bill goes up in the wake of your retrofit, you can prove that it was perhaps due to a change in use, for example, adding a data center, or a change in the cost per kilowatt hour of electricity, rather than your retrofit failing to deliver the efficiency gains that you had promised. Many decision makers reluctantly approve capital for efficiency-related upgrades, hoping to see some evidence that they made the right decision prior to authorizing additional dollars for further efficiency initiatives. Seeing the Energy Star Portfolio Manager score jump in the wake of retrofit provides evidence that can be leveraged to build confidence for additional retrofit activity. Are you focusing on the right benefits? Suppose you're targeting a large office building you know has plans to do an efficiency upgrade. Chances are a lot of other salespeople are vying for the same job. So how do you set yourself apart from the competition? I can confidently say that most of your competitors are going to focus on the energy metrics. Save kilowatts, save kilowatt hours, save therms, etc. And the most obvious financial impacts, the cost of the project, the utility cost savings, and perhaps utility rebates or incentives. Sure, people care about money. But utility cost financial savings alone are often not compelling enough to motivate a major change to the built environment. You can set yourself apart by highlighting the non-utility cost financial benefits, which are often an order of magnitude larger than the utility cost savings, as well as any non-financial benefits that are applicable. So what non-utility cost financial benefits might you emphasize? That depends on how well you know the business dynamics of your prospect's market segment and individual role. How might your project produce benefits that can be quantified and monetized? How well can you reframe your project's benefits so they can be measured with yardsticks your prospect is already using to gauge his or her success? Need some examples of non-utility cost financial benefits to focus on? How about these for starters? Improvement in worker productivity. Improved occupant health. Reduced absenteeism or presenteeism. What's presenteeism? It's showing up for work sick and maybe getting other people sick as well as working in a substandard fashion. Improved attraction or retention of employees or tenants. Realize that the above-reference benefits are hardly hypothetical. There's plenty of empirical evidence supporting the connection between enhanced efficiency and every one of these benefits. These studies quantify and monetize the impacts in a wide variety of segments, including office, healthcare, education, and more. And by the way, once you've quantified and monetized the non-utility cost financial benefits, remember to consider all the non-financial benefits as well. Things like getting an Energy Star label, many of which actually wind up leaking value back into the non-utility cost financial benefits bucket. As just one example, no less than a half dozen recent studies have shown that Energy Star label office buildings enjoy higher base rents, increased occupancy, and higher resale value. So what you might have assumed to be a feel-good non-financial benefit may actually be a robust non-utility cost financial benefit instead. If you limit your conversation to utility cost financial benefits or technical specs like kilowatts, kilowatt hours, and therms, get in line. Every other vendor has approached your prospect has talked about those same things. When you talk about higher order benefits, ones that are tailored to your prospect segment, industry, organization, and role, you'll have a far more interesting and compelling interaction and a much higher closing ratio to boot. Expanded Lifecycle Cost Analysis 
Too many of your prospects are fascinated with simple payment period, and it makes no sense to focus on that metric in situations where you're comparing mutually exclusive solutions. That is, situations where your prospect has two or more solutions to pick from, but at the end of the day, they can pick only one. Keep in mind that when comparing two or more mutually exclusive solutions, there are several dimensions you need to consider. What is the first cost of each alternative? How many years will each alternative likely last? And finally, what will it cost to operate and maintain each alternative for each year of its expected lifetime? Provided that you do understand how your proposed solutions will create benefits beyond utility savings and service life, you might consider using an expanded style of life cycle cost analysis. Are there other benefits that should be factored in? Could those benefits be quantified? And if so, would they result in secondary financial benefits that would wind up being much more important than the projected utility savings or even the maintenance savings could ever be? As an example, there was an office building in Canada whose HVC system was so noisy that the last time they rented office space immediately adjacent to the building's core, that's where the equipment was located, pens would practically vibrate off the tenant's desk. Think of how much a secondary financial benefit this landlord could receive if he could somehow quiet his mechanical systems and rent that marooned square footage. Doing so would allow the landlord to enjoy thousands of dollars of incremental net operating income and 10 times that much in incremental asset value using the income approach to appraisal, that is, the direct capitalization approach, and assuming a capitalization of 10%. In this case, if you were doing a life cycle cost analysis that compared the two scenarios with and without the upgrade, you'd be wise to consider the potential for incremental net operating income and asset value when calculating the financial advantages of doing the improvement. Now, in a conventional simple payment period analysis, these valuation effects would not show up. Why? For two reasons. Most people focus only on first cost and utility savings when doing a simple payback period calculation. And secondly, even if they did broaden the analysis to include non-utility cost financial benefits, for example, the aforementioned incremental net operating income and subsequent increase in asset value, how much of that extra benefit would actually hit in the first year, which is the only year that the simple payment period analysis considers? very little, if any. Therefore, even if these additional non-utility cost financial benefits were on the decision maker's radar, the simple payback period calculation would be blind to them. As an epilogue to the story, I'm happy to report that the above-referenced Canadian landlord did in fact find a solution that effectively addressed his HVC woes. The solution not only eliminated the noise and vibration that were preventing these orphaned square feet from being rented, but they also produced energy savings as well. I subsequently heard that a successful pilot of this technology in one of his buildings gave the owner the confidence to install the same solution in 16 additional properties. Now that's an example of thinking outside the box, offering the prospect an energy efficiency solution that addresses the central core, pun intended, problem, and being rewarded handsomely when your carefully crafted solution is expanded to additional properties. 